welcome to this rebroadcast of Hope in the Night. We hope that this program brings you biblical hope and practical help. Now, here's Hope in the Night with June Hunt. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, here we are. It's Labor Day. Yes. And uh, we usually celebrate that by, well, it's not just for mattress sales. Oh, but I'm it is, glad to know that. <laughs> it is to mark, if we're interested, to uh, it's a national holiday to honor the nation's workers and yes. contributions to the well-being of the country. It's been observed for 150 almost years. And and so I wonder, as we think about work, many times that will cause people's eyes to roll or their their uh, brows to furrow and, and they think, oh, work. But is, is work considered a bad thing? Well, some people call it a curse. That's right. uh, That's not true. A- actually, after forming Adam, God took Adam to uh, the garden, a particular garden intending for the man to, quote, work it and take care of it. Uh, that's Genesis 2.15. And... Um, the word work in Hebrew um, and take care is translated from the Hebrew, Hebrew word shomer. Uh, these words often are used in connection with this, the priestly duties of worship. And Adam's work was his sacred charge from God and, and a privilege. Then after the fall, due to Adam and Eve's willful sin, sinning uh, against God's command, they, both of them, were removed from the garden and, uh, and we could say from the ground. Um, they were actually removed from God's protection. As a result, God said the ground would effortlessly produce thorns and thistles, but only through painful toil and sweat of the brow uh, would it produce fruit and helpful plants. That's in Genesis 3, beginning in verse 17. So this idea of the curse uh, made everything more difficult from relating to each other and producing fruit and surviving. Uh, But work does not find its origin in this concept of a curse. Work was a sacred charge and service from God uh, to uh, literally be beneficial to us all. God did not create us to float along uh, the clouds, uh, to be lazing away with our time doing nothing, uh, even television constantly. Uh, Everything in our world, including work, is tainted by what is called the fall, but work itself is not a curse. In fact, in the Bible, the wisest man considered Solomon, um, whoever lived, reveals this. This is in Ecclesiastes 5.18. This is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them. This is their lot, meaning this is what we're supposed to do. So there are a lot of people who are concerned about the the current generation of young people Hmm. as though 
they are given a pass or it's more like, no, you don't need to work. And I've heard comments that are stated by adults, parents, oh, they shouldn't have to work. Work, I find, actually is fulfilling. Uh, it's training. It's learning how to be a part of a team most of the time, yeah. uh, teaming is, is positive. It's helpful. So the bottom line is when God gives us work to do, there's going to be learning. We're going to learn to be better employees, uh, learn skills right. that we would right. not have otherwise. So I think it is a huge benefit when we say, thank you, God, for giving me work to do. Um, I pray that I can learn what you would have me learn in order to be what you created me to be. Yeah, and, and uh, it, work gives us purpose. I mean, if, if anybody's ever had any stretch of time where they're maybe sick or, I mean, I speak out of experience, where, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where you're, you're idle for a few days even, it, it really gets old fast because there's mm-hmm. no purpose. You think, what, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Maybe you're learning how to better use your time and right. not get in messes that we can all get into. <laughs> yes. But, but you know, we can be thankful that God gives us purpose in life. That is huge. He does. And work does that, and it, uh, it helps to provide for ourselves and for others, people we care about. I mean, there's so many benefits, and it's ultimately, as, as uh, you pointed out there from, I believe that was Ecclesiastes, that uh, we are... Uh, we have a way then to honor God with Mm -hmm. what he's given us. Just whatever abilities we have, use those. uh, It's not just talking about in the church sense, but whatever Mm -hmm. you have have in your hands to do, do it well and do it to to honor God. And realize there are people who can't work Mm -hmm. because of certain disabilities. And all the more, if we have the opportunity to work, just thank God for the privilege of letting us be a part of the team of people here on earth that we can make a difference and be helpful. And there are relationships that can be formed that are tremendous. And I know someone who finds ways to witness, to present Christ over and over. And many people through the work situation have come to Christ because of the way she communicates having a changed life through Christ, and it's fantastic. That's wonderful. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. 
That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They are truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We are here simply because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of our ministry, and we thank you for that. If you have any questions or concerns about the topics on the program tonight, just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. Maybe something has uh, piqued your interest and relates to what you're dealing with in your life. We'd like to recommend some resources for you. Customer support is available at uh, 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you with that. As June was just speaking about the topic of Labor Day, talking about the uh, subject of employment from one of our keys for living on employment called getting the right job and keeping it. Also, if you happen to be on the other side of that issue, we have keys for living on workaholism. That's called the beeline to burnout. Those and many other resources are available as you call customer support at 800-488-HOPE. And they'd like to help you get the right information in your hands. If you'd like to uh, email them, you may do this instead. Just uh, contact them at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. That's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Ask any questions you have regarding topics and resources discussed in tonight's program. Just let them know what you're uh, struggling with in life, and we'd be happy to recommend some resources for you. Maybe it's a free resource on our website. They can point you there or get something in your hands quickly by mail. So just order directly from them at 800-488-HOPE. Let's get to our caller for tonight, and this evening we welcome Esther. Well, hello, Esther. Welcome to Hope. Hello. Hi. So How can we so help for you? Thank you having me tonight. Oh, delighted. So, so delighted that you're with us. So, what would you like for us to talk about? Um, I am a survivor of domestic abuse, and mm. um, I wanted to share my story in hopes that somebody would be listening, maybe feeling the same confusion and loss, and maybe a little bit torn and feeling helpless, like... Um, the sense of duty and obligation, you know, um, mm-hmm. having reli- religious ideas that make it where you have no options and no hope and no future. Yes. And um, I was there. And I was just reading tonight in Isaiah 61. And it reminds me of when Jesus, when he got through going through the desert, 
and he is tempted by Satan. And then the first thing he does is go to Galilee, and he goes to the temple, and he walks up, and they're handed him a scroll, and he found Isaiah 61. Mm-hmm. And he um, opens to the part where it was prophesied of the Messiah coming. Mm-hmm. And he reads... Uh, I'm sorry. Um, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Mm. Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. Yes. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that was... We all know that, but that that was Jesus starting his ministry. It's like this is what this is my mission statement. This is what I came to do. And that is really good news. Hmm. But what I had been living for decades in a Christian home was not good news. Um, it was the brokenhearted. It was the captives. It was those who were bound and had no hope. And um, you know, Jesus gives hope, and his message shouldn't be uh, quenching the life out of us. It should be giving us life. <laughs> yeah. well, when you, by the way, said domestic abuse, uh, nowhere in the Bible does it say a person should submit to domestic abuse, even though I am very aware of what you're talking about, yeah, I can't, I cannot tell you how many people I have talked with who felt um, almost imprisoned, thinking they could yeah. not, from a biblical standpoint, they assumed that they could not escape the abuse, the mistreatment. Uh, and and the Bible does not say that. In fact, let, let me just ask one quick question. Uh, uh-huh. Would you say that your husband uh, was at times un- unreasonably angry? At times. Uh-huh. That would be true with domestic abuse. Well, the Bible says, and this is important, in Proverbs 21 uh, I'm sorry, 22, 24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. Mm-hmm. The, point, the point is there is warning in the Old Testament. And the book of Proverbs, by the way, is the book on wisdom. And, in fact, another passage, Proverbs nineteen nineteen says, A hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you'll have to do it again. So you see multiple times where there's warning against, and it's not in any way a badge of honor to be uh, treated uh, in an ungodly way. I'm talking about there, there are scriptures that tell, tell us that uh, what to do when there is abuse that is uh, taking place. So 
I agree with you, but I'm also aware that there are many people who mean well. I'm talking about spiritual leaders. They mean well, but they're not looking at the whole counsel of God. They may look at one scripture, wives submit to your husbands. And yet, that verse in the Bible, and I've had many pastors who've told me that that's all they've ever, they'll say, well, I, I was only taught this, or I never was taught this at seminary or at Bible school. Uh, and, but it was just that one scripture. But they, they, they don't know all the other scriptures where, uh, in fact, uh, the or let me ask you, was uh, the scripture, wives submit to your husbands, used on you by by your abusive husband? Yes, and the whole the whole um, group, the associations, you know, the, those that um, I wasn't allowed to have close friendships with anyone that, you know, wouldn't have shared like faith. Mm-hmm. Like beliefs, um, it doesn't mean that I couldn't talk to family members, but it was kind of like an us versus them type thing. You know, it was very—they're not in in the the God group. I know that sounds horrible, but it's just kind of the way it was. Um, well, I, I I understand, and even internationally, um, when I first was dealing with this topic and asked to speak internationally, not realizing that I was even going to be speaking on that topic, but a seminary uh, president asked me if I would address this uh, to the the pastors. Um, I I was really there for a different purpose. Uh, This is in the former Soviet Union, and they had people coming from 23 regions of the former Soviet Union. And then all of a sudden there was a brouhaha um, that took place, and it was all on domestic violence. There were women who thought women had to submit to abuse. And there were other women who were angry that, that, that people would think that. And, I mean, they were kind of blowing up at this conference uh, I, I was just asked to speak on multiple topics, but that was not one of them. And then the, the seminary president stood up before these hundreds of people and helped put his arms out. And he said, June will uh, address the the pastors on Saturday. And I thought, what? <laughs> so, it, But then I did, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I did, and then I want to hear more of your story. Um, I... Uh, literally looked at every single verse in the Bible. I had material on the topic, but I wanted to look at every single verse on um, violence. I wanted to see God's heart on violence. Mm -hmm. There was not one positive reference, not one time where the word violence was ever right. It was always a negative, uh, very specifically uh, negative in terms of of treatment. And I I say that because when I presented that to the pastors on 
Saturday, the, the Saturday session, all morning. And then I also taught our material uh, that I had um, written. And by the way, I did grow up in a home. It wasn't major, major all the time, but I did grow up in a home where there was domestic violence. And um, I was beaten only once, but it was for trying to counter my father. You know, why would you have all these women sexually? And um, that, that conversation did not go well. I'm sure I might have done it differently, but nevertheless, I, you never forget a beating, by the way. Uh, but it was it was mainly his treatment of my mother that I just hated, and um, it, it hurt me. It's like hurt me. Don't hurt her. That that's the way I I felt, and uh, so it's wounding to children. It's confusing to children too, and it to to grow up in a home like this. But the bottom line is at at the end of my presentation, the the pastors they said. We are not taught this. In other words, we are taught women must, and this is, by the way, in the 90s, uh, the 1990s, uh, after the fall of the Iron Curtain. And uh, it, was, it was like 1999 or 98, right in there. And uh, they said, we are, so, so they said, the, the pastors, they said, well, well, the first one who spoke up, he said, I know my sister is being abused by her husband, but I thought she just had to submit. And that's because of this one scripture, wives submit to your husbands. But you see, what I ended up teaching them, I said, look at the verse right before that. It says, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. Submit one to another. There should be mutual submission. And Three verses later, in Ephesians 5, it says, uh, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Not her die at his hands, but he has to be willing to die for her. See, this is, uh-huh. it's a, they're not teaching this in context of the whole. Now, that was back then, but I know that is prevalent also sometimes today. We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer. Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you? 
that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as His precious, beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. If you have questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 of our keys for living that will help you to address what's going on in your life. Just call our customer support team. They're at 800-488-HOPE. That's Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And they'll connect you with the right resources, whatever is most relevant to your situation. We have many topics, uh, many options for you to choose from there, and uh, they'll help you. Again, the number is 800-488-HOPE. We're talking tonight about the uh, topic of abuse recovery, and we have the keys for living on that called From Surviving to Thriving. You might also be interested in the book that June has written called How to Rise Above Abuse. It covers many forms of abuse. And again, that's another option as you talk to customer support at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673 if you'd like to get uh, those resources in your library. Also check out our website for all the resources, all the titles that we have here. It's uh, hopefortheheart.org slash store. And there you will find all the keys for living with, uh, as I said, over 100 topics. And our keys for living provide biblical hope and practical help on a variety of topics, such as stress, um, anxiety, fear, marriage, abuse, uh, parenting, so many more topics, and uh, new topics are being added to the store monthly. Also, our Lifeline to Hope online training course is there. It's a helpful, helpful tool for pastors and churches looking to start or grow a care ministry in their church. Additionally, you'll find uh, all of June's books and Bible studies that she has written over the years. It's all there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's return now to tonight's conversation with Esther. Well, Esther, I am so, so sorry that I really am, uh, that, um, as you said, a survivor of domestic abuse, abuse takes many forms, but the point is, it is wrong treatment. It is against the heart and intent of God for how we are to treat anyone, much less uh, even in the home where home is supposed to be a place of refuge. Now, I think you mentioned. Did you did you mention the word mission? Did I? Uh, or, or help me understand. What? What so, did? Yeah. Tell me what 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 kind of. Finish your question. Well, it, it's more. I want to know what kind of work. Were you all doing, I say, work or ministry or 
um, I want to understand your, your role, uh, I guess, a number of years ago. Um, well, we married young, and um, my ex would, um, because of this um, patriarchal theology, he was the head, I was to submit, and if I, um, if I questioned or gave uh, pushback, then I was resisting God. Um, and um, I'm not really sure what you're asking about, but I know one time he felt led for us to um, go and uh, minister to some Indians in Mexico. Okay. And it did not go well. And um, I... Is this what you're referring to? Uh, I'm just asking what what kind of work you all were doing um, years ago. Yes, okay. You said it didn't go well. And, and you well, said if you resisted, uh, there were repercussions. Well, Yes, yes. When when I I was um I um the the tribe that we were gonna to go to is a very primitive, they didn't have running water, electricity. I you know, I was twenty years old <laughs> raised in the city and um you know, I needed some some prepping, some prepping for that, and um, I didn't have peace with it, and um, he felt like I was hindering the work of the Lord. I wasn't having faith. I was being carnal, and um, so at one point, he um, gets up from prayer because uh, some friends had an, had enough wisdom to tell him that if God was leading him, that he was also leading us and that we both needed, that I needed to have peace about that. Um, so we we get up from prayer, and he was convinced as ever, and um, he quoted Jesus to me, get behind me, Satan, for you mind not the mm. things of God, but of man. And I knew who said those words in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I knew he was quoting Jesus. And so, you know, me, a 20-year-old who loved Jesus with all of her heart and loved my husband, and I wanted to help, you know, these other people, you know, it it was a real conflict because my my God-given instinct said, no, this is not a good idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't know at the time, but I was early pregnant. I found out uh, shortly oh. after. Um, well, after that statement, he left me to pray. You know, I, you know, you need to pray. You know, because that was the word of the Lord to me, and I needed to pray. Well, of course, I gave in because I, I, I had to. I mean, that was God speaking to me. So we end up going and. Um, we never got to the Indians. There was one disaster after another, and long story short, 
I was very, very sick with pregnancy. And um, mm-hmm. when we finally went to the doctor, I was down to 87 pounds. Oh, ow. Wow. That was my first pregnancy. Dan- that's dangerous. Yes. Mm. Um, that's just one of many. <laughs> it was a 30-year marriage. And um, scriptures were used like that as, as weapons to intimidate, to coerce, to, to manipulate. Um, and when I would bring things up, um, it was always thrown back on me. You know, somehow it, it was always my fault. <laughs> um, no, no matter what happened, you know, I would be kind of like going away scratching my head. Like, now, I'm feeling guilty and shamed when I didn't, when I was going to him about something horrible he did. You know, and it, it just was always like really perplexing, but you, you couldn't go to anyone and, and that environment. Women can't go above their husband. You just can't do that. Um, you mean in you can't in that, go talk with that with this group that you were a part of in that, that mentality? Yes, because then you're slandering your husband. You are de, you are you're defaming him. You are speaking evil of him. Um, the scripture says that a good wife will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Well, what do you think it is to make her husband look bad? What a bad, bad wife. Um, And then um, even if, of course, you don't go to the ladies either because (laughs) what what good's that going to do? They can't do anything about it. Um, And many of them, um, you know, you don't want them to feel bad either. I mean, I, I loved my husband. You know, I I just wanted help. I did. I was like, "What's what's wrong with me? What's wrong with us? Um, why do we speak a different language?" It's like it's you know the 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 confusion. I have terms for it now, but at the time, I didn't have terms for it. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I just knew mm-hmm. there was constant chaos in the home, and uh, even just trying to communicate. Um, was was a challenge. And, you know, after I'm out of that environment and God's given me healthy relationships, mm. it's like, it's day and night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm. it's, it's like I don't have to plead my case like before a jury every time I make a request, you know, or, or make a, you know, I, I, I can just communicate. And the person listening to me they know me, and they know my heart, and they're not going to fix them to start ripping me to shreds with accusations. Um, yes. You know, and living like that in your own home is, um, it, it wears you down. It wears down your spirit. And um, with me, it was, um, you know, there was there was more, too, but... It's been two years since the divorce was final. It's been almost three years since we were separated. But mm. um, most of the most of the things, um, you know, the emotional and the the mental, the psychological mind games, and all those things, um, 
I can deal with a lot better. The part that's been the hardest has been the spiritual abuse because, um, like, when you go to sit down to read the Bible, you know, it was 30 years. It wasn't, you know, 30 days or three three months, which that's still bad enough. Um, but when I, there's not a page in my Bible, June, there's not a page that doesn't have an arsenal where the, I hear the voices that were used against me. So when you're reading God's Word, trying to find hope and encouragement, and you're, you're wanting to hear from God, you're having to deal with the spiritual warfare over and over and over of trying to, do, you know, you know, okay, for instance, that scripture, get behind me, Satan. You know, wow. Jesus was, you know, or um, um, from the very beginning, you know, Adam and Eve, why did God create her? You know, and, and all the way through, you know, there's... Yes. Well, there are Women are times not humans. That... We are, we are equal. <laughs> yes, yes. And the Bible is very clear about how a husband should treat a wife. And I'm saying that because uh, if there are those who are not aware, in other words, they're not looking at the Bible in context of the whole, and they're not... Um, that, and, and I think sometimes they are not exposed. That, and it is valuable to talk with others where, with, its, with the right person, with the aim toward a healthy relationship. And I think with that, it's, it's a matter, um, and by the way, since we are to submit one to another, it's not that the concept of submission is wrong, but to make it a blanket uh, that you must submit to every single thing, the Bible does not say that. There are qualifications. And I think at issue is looking at the, the God who created each of us. He sees us as having value. And I'm hearing you were not treated as though you had value. struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches, and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life. June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. 
The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They are truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We are a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we thank you for praying for us and for your support of this ministry. It means so much to us. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. Recommending tonight the keys for living on abuse recovery. That's called From Surviving to Thriving, and customer support can help you get that resource uh, very quickly. And uh, so if you'd like to order from them, again, the number 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Now, if you would like to speak with June about a specific situation in your life, maybe there is a theological question you have, or maybe there is uh, another, uh, maybe a group of um, other believers you would like to know, well, are they on the right side here? Should we uh, should we associate with them? Should we believe what they believe? And we have uh, lots of resources on other religions as well, and we can help you to sort that out. If you have maybe a relationship issue, just call us, and we'd like to help you sort through that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night. Just have that conversation with June. The number is 800-917, 800-NIGHT-17. And when you call, you'll just leave a message. We'll get back to you to schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800 800- Night 17, 800-644-4817. Let's get back to our conversation with Esther. Esther, it's so clear. The Bible's, in fact, we, we have a biblical bill of rights, uh, like within marriage. It's God's will that you treat one another with respect. Notice Ephesians 5.33 says the wife must respect her husband. Likewise, 1 Peter 3.7 says, Husbands, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. So, if there is not respect, being respectful toward the other, uh, that can undermine in fact, that can, uh, it is not being the persons that God created us to be with one another. And it, regardless of the gender, uh, what is evident, at least I am hearing that for you to say there wasn't you know, a page in your Bible 
that was not used as an arsenal against you to attack you. Is that right, in essence? Yes. So that's not respect. And especially if they're, they're trying to use Scripture to, as you indicated, to manipulate, that is not godly. And so uh, I call it, I do call that spiritual abuse. And that is not of God. It is the way some have been misled to to treat other people that way, to justify just because, and by the way, I know so many men, I just have to, to pick, uh, I, I want to take up for all the men that I know personally, like you, Jeff, uh, you, uh, there's no way you would treat your wife that way. The Robert, who is on our controls, there's, I mean, he's, you know, doing our program, or if it were Tom, uh, there's no way they would either would treat their wives this way. And I can vouch my best male buddy. There's no way uh, Randy would treat Lana that way. So there are, I, I, uh, I believe this is the exception. It's not the rule at least not the rule with the men I know, and I could just name couple after couple after couple, and, and that does not go on. But it's a tragedy when attacks occur and, and men feel justified, some men feel justified, uh, literally belittling and manipulating a wife. And it is true. If you're a couple, if one feels led to go off to the mission field and thinks, I mean, you know, if God speaks to the husband to do this, then he who, who can touch our hearts, he can lead, he could lead you, but I'm hearing you did not feel led. Of course, it, it made sense. And when you found out you were pregnant, yet you felt manipulated to go to the mission field by virtue of your husband basically calling you Satan. Uh, that's, uh, instead he should have wait, prayed and waited until you were also led by the Lord, if that were to be. Um, and uh, so I would agree with the counsel that had been given uh, many, many years ago. So, uh, uh, would you help me understand, uh, you have children. Um, yes, what we was have seven the, children. Seven, wow. So, did that, uh, hmm, did this interaction between the two of you uh, impact them in any way? Yes. Looking back now, I can see how it very much impacted them. We tried, um, you know, we had read the books, and there were certain things that we tried to do, which was not have disagreements in front of our children. Mm-hmm. We tried to do that. Um, but what, what that looked like was me not bringing up anything that might be possibly controversial 
And still sometimes I would end up saying or doing something that would get me rebuked, but I just took it because then I'm not arguing and then I'm still showing respect. And so anything that needed to be discussed, like if I felt like, you know, I had a question or I felt like we needed to do something or had to make plans for children, you know, you have children, they have things that are coming up. There's events. They want to do something with their friends. We want to discuss these things. Well, it had to be done behind closed doors. And so I felt like they were being protected. But what I didn't realize is the the level of normalcy that I had gotten accustomed to that was extremely dysfunctional and toxic. Mm. And they were immersed in that. But I didn't see it for what it was because I was so used to it. Um, now that I'm out of it, you know, when you get out of this situation, you can see things more clearly now. And um, there was um, there was just a toxic atmosphere. The a very authoritative, you know, he was he was the head, and his emotions and opinion were the only ones that mattered. And it was just an understood thing. You didn't really argue it or discuss with it. It, it was just the way it was. And um, and it didn't matter the topic. His opinion was always the right one. And so, mm. yes, that was very much affected because you, um, when you're around, when you're raised with that, um, you either become just like that um, or you become someone who's very triggered <laughs> yes, by, yes. Uh, by that, which are both unhealthy. Well, in truth, uh, it, actually, the, one of the first calls uh, in the first year of our radio program, uh, I received a call from a woman who said she did not know what to do about abusive abusive husband. I said, what do you mean by abusive? And she said, well, two nights ago, he grabbed me by the hair, drugged me down at the stairs, and then kicked and kicked and kicked. And I said, oh, I said, well, that's definitely abuse. And uh, I said, uh, have you gone to your pastor? Not sure. I could tell she had a very tender spiritual heart. And uh, long pause, long, long pause. My husband is the pastor. I said, and then I asked about going to uh, elders or whatever. She said, no, they're all his friends, and it was a small church. And then I said, do you have children? And she said, yes, I have a son and a daughter. Do you love your children? She said, with my life. I said, do you want your daughter to grow up being abused. She said, oh, no, 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 never. Actually, I asked, I asked about the son first. I said, do you want your, your son to grow up being abusive like his dad? And she, oh, never, never, no. I said, what about your daughter? Again, no, no, I would not want her abused. I said, well, they are... With children, more is caught than taught. With children, more is caught than taught. You're training 
a son, that this is how a son treats his wife in the future. This is how, and that was the difference. When I mentioned the children, all of a sudden she was willing to not just keep putting up with the abuse. And that is, I know that's the vast exception for pastor. I'm telling you the story because of the similarity here. But it's never right to do what God says is wrong. And that's the point, that regardless of who is a husband, who is a wife, it's never right to be um, abusive toward not only just a a wife, but toward anyone. Um, The Bible says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. That's Psalm 37, verse 8. By the way, there are so many passages uh, against this type of treatment um, that, uh, you you know, unless you just take scissors (laughs) and cut out all those passages, um, there is a, uh, a clear... Uh, treatment of one another within a marital relationship and I'm just not hearing the the tender um, yes. treatment that should be husband to wife and likewise uh, that would represent the treatment even within the whole family. I am so sorry that this has been a part of your your life. Um, by the way, I, I'm obviously confirming a number of concerns that you have. Uh, are there things that you want us to talk about um, if we were to talk again that we haven't addressed? Well, I think um, the recovery from spiritual abuse would be, you know, really helpful, even if you weren't in a domestic violence or, you know, issue. Uh, people have experienced spiritual abuse in other areas from well-meaning Christians sometimes, and sometimes not so well-meaning. Um, and that, I think, would be really helpful to your hearers. We will do it. Uh, we'll work another... Uh, let's take this up at another time, and we'll talk about how can you recover from abusive treatment. We will definitely do that. You continue to hang on to hope. We will send our keys for living on abuse recovery called From Surviving to Thriving. We'll send that out to tonight's caller. And we are able to do that because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash givehope. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.